Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 743, 17 before 8. Tommy Tucker, WWL. Stormy night last night. Don't know if the lightning woke you up, but it did me. Well, anyway, all that's gone. Back to sunshine today. Highs of 74. Maybe the concrete will stop sweating. Highs of 66 tomorrow and Friday with plenty of sunshine, so some nice days. Saturday nights, too. Highs of 72, a little bit warmer. Then a 40% chance for afternoon rain on Sunday with highs of 70 in advance of another front. That means the highs will be in the lower 60s Monday and Tuesday, which is near our average. Uh, the sad news for people in the um, fairgrounds neighborhood, I guess. Uh, three people found dead Tuesday morning. Apparently they had been dead for a while. Officers were called to perform a wellness check. And Morgan Cleveringer joins us right now, president of the Fairgrounds Triangle Neighborhood Association. Good morning, Morgan. How are you? Good morning, Tommy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so sorry that happened in your neighborhood. And, and I, I saw uh, the news story uh, with people talking about uh, one of the gentlemen that was like a, a joy to the neighborhood. Talk about that for a little bit, if you would. Well, as a native New Orleanian, one of the greatest things about our city has is, is always been our diversity and our acceptance of of everyone and our kindness to people that, you know, are different. And, and Mr. Alonzo was, you know, a little different, but he was a joy to the neighborhood. And he, he was a person that, um, you know, was always talking with other people. He was always sitting on the stoop, you know, um, and, you know, he was definitely part of our neighborhood and, and a neighbor and people cared about him and he cared about us. So, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you was because of the history of that neighborhood. And I saw something you said in an interview about you, how you all had gotten together. And, and when you look at the, the whole problem in the city and uh, the problem we have in the city holistically with crime, um, you said you had gotten together. Now you're going to have to, to get back together again and, and uh, band together. Tell me the history of that neighborhood how you got involved and how you kind of cleaned it up and, and, and the people came together to kind of push crime out? Well, it, it's an interesting history. Uh, as I said, native New Orleanian, I grew up in the French Quarter pre, I guess, condoization tourism when that was the most quintessential diverse neighborhood of our city. Um, then we moved to the Sixth Ward Treme and then further this way, um, and so after Katrina, when I had the opportunity to become a homeowner for the first time, this is the neighborhood in the seventh ward that, that I came back to. Um, and as so many of us did after Katrina, we, we took, took a long time to rebuild. And as we got to know our neighbors, um, many of whom African-American homeowners that had been here for decades, um, we had a playground, our only public asset really, uh, that was overrun by drugs, crime, uh, guns. You know, we heard gunshots every day. And there was a liquor store on the corner, literally across the street, that um, was fueling a lot of this. And um, this went on for a really, really long time. And people were afraid to come out their doors. We avoided walking even close to the playground. Um, and I guess around 2010, 
you know, our neighbors came together and we, we said, well, what can we do? I mean, we're either going to have to sell out um, or we have to organize. And so selling out would have meant that this neighborhood would become another uh, gentrification flip, you know, because they were only going to get sixty or 70000 for their house, mm-hmm. right? Um, so we decided we would stand up for something that was important, our homes and our people. And it took a long time. It took us 10 years. Um, and we went to every agency in the city. We went. We had meetings in the midst of, you know, needles and <laughs> gunfire and bottles of alcohol. And it was tough because of a lot of our neighbors were seniors even then. And but we love we love our city and we loved our neighborhood and we love our families. And we felt it was really, really important to take that stand. And, and we ended up in court with this um, store and had to get a pro bono attorney and, and keep showing up and keep showing up and sustain our, our engagement. And we won every round and we're so blessed with that. And. So we did get the final judgment that Davis City shut down in March 2020. But we know one thing, that when the store closed, because they could have stayed open, just not sold alcohol, they decided to close. And when they did, uh, we saw, you know, various activities stop. And we worked, continued to work um, to make our playground and, by consequence, our entire neighborhood safer. But the ironic thing about that was um, when we reduced crime by like 75%, um, all of a sudden we were a a neighborhood everybody wanted to live in. Mm -hmm. And um, prices rose. And then in 2019, um, the city, you know, said, y'all did such a good job. The assessor came in and pushed our property assessments up by 500 to 700%. So that was another battle we had to fight. Um, and we're still not there. But one thing that has come out of all this is, you know, we know that New Orleans is, is worth saving. And we have many, many people um, that are working on the ground. I work in community every day. There are many people doing this work. And the city of New Orleans has, has other groups that are concerned, like the NOLA Coalition. Um, which is, you know, uh, literally what's that? A coalition of concerned people and organizations. But the one thing we have to do is we have to move with purpose right now as, as, a, as a whole city. Um, we need the leadership from our elected officials, but it has to integrate with the community. And I serve on the police community advisory board, which under the consent decree was formed to bring to build a bridge between community and the NOPD. And one of the things that we hear from community all the time is where are the guns coming from? Because we don't hear about that. We don't hear what is the source. And so one thing that we did learn from the NOPD was that the car break-ins that we see constantly are also tied to weapons that, you know, Many car break-ins will happen just to find one weapon. So maybe that is not the only source of the guns. But what we're pushing uh, right now is for our city to come together behind one issue, and that is gun safety. Um, We have pitched a, a public service campaign to the mayor, 
to the city council, to the NOPD. We'd love to see um, our business community, our tourism community, our cultural community, and and the people of New Orleans, uh, the, our saints, our pelicans, our youth, come together to really address this. Because even though it's not the only tool in the toolbox, it could bring people together behind uh, one thing that could help change our culture um, of how we how we operate. Because many people now carry guns because they don't feel safe, right? But they're being left in vehicles. Um, so that gives an opportunity uh, for, you know, multiple crimes to happen off of that one gun. So that's one tool in the toolbox. But more importantly, I think every elected official that ran last year had a multi-pronged crime plan that included uh, wraparound services and outreach to youth. And we need to see that happen because we're in a public health crisis. It's not just about crime. It's about our public health as a community, as a city, and how this affects us all on a daily basis. Yesterday was incredibly tough, um, but it's tough everywhere in the city. And we have children dying. We have young people, you know, being victims and perpetrators of violence. But it's, it's got to be about more than that. And how can we come together as a city to move in one purpose and have the will individually and collectively to change what I'm hearing from you, um, and for those that don't know, we're talking to Morgan Clevenger, president of the Fairgrounds Triangle Neighborhood Association, is that it can be done. The community can get together and do something about crime, but it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be quick. Everybody has to be involved, and you have to be persistent and determined. Is that it? Yes, sir. It, it, it really is. And everyone must have the will. But we need the leadership, you know, our government um, has the resources. The community has, has the desire, the will, and, and the need uh, because we can't continue to live like we're living. Um, but government and business community and the tourism community all need to work with us and come into the community because we don't see people. You know, I, I go to these situations because I feel like we have to show up for each other. Um, and I will commend uh, the new chief uh, Woodfork and her team for coming out yesterday. We really appreciated that. Um, and we know the, the situation with the NAPD is difficult, but it has to be more than that. And as we try to retain and, and have new hires, in the in the ranks, which is so important, we also have to remember that the NOPD are the men and women as are part of this community. They live here too, and they're seeing the most um, you know difficult scenarios on a daily basis. So we have to find a way to build trust between the community and the NOPD. Because, Morgan, we're, know, we're out of time. I want to talk to you again, I'm and so I hope sorry. you'll come. No, 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 don't be sorry at all. <laughs> I, I want you to come back on. And if somebody wants to get a hold of you, if they're listening, and it's like, yes, that's exactly what we need to do in our community, <laughs> is there a website or something that they can go to or some kind of contact um, information on Facebook or something for the Fairgrounds Triangle? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm on Facebook, Morgan Clevenger, uh, New Orleans. Um 
But, you know, it, it, they, I'm happy to speak to anybody because we all need to work together on this. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. Thank you, Morgan. I appreciate your time. You. I really do. 7.54 and a half. Let's go to traffic now on WWL. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 